Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Easter Egg Hunt, a Taylor Swift podcast hosted by me, Kiara McKinney of The Spin Cycle Media. This podcast is going to explore all things Taylor Swift from her recent record, Midnight's her Eras tour, and looking back at some of her other most famous albums, including her re-records. And um, of course, as the title indicates, we're going to be hunting for Easter eggs, as us Swifties do. As I'm recording this, Taylor just finished up three nights in Atlanta. And next, she is going to Nashville, where the Country Music Hall of Fame is having a pop-up Taylor Swift exhibit. But they actually have a lot of Taylor Swift paraphernalia there. Um, I went to Nashville for my birthday, which was in December, early December. And we went to the Country Music Hall of Fame and um, were able to see a lot of Taylorisms there, including her like original fearless dress. And seeing her wardrobe, it's really interesting to see how truly tall and lanky she is. This podcast is going to come out every month. Whether or not there is a spin cycle episode, there will be a monthly Swifty episode of Easter Egg Hunt. And that will be like, there will be 12 podcasts a year one a month. So the spin cycle is more serial. Um, On that podcast, I do it basically from around November through June to kind of get the beginning of the movie run. But summer is a little bit boring in celeb land. So um, I'm pulling back on the spin cycle podcast and we'll just keep doing the newsletter for those few months in the summer and early fall. But um, like I said, I'll continue to produce these Taylor Swift episodes of Easter Egg Hunt. So this is just kind of um, another fun thing for me to do. I had a lot of fun making my Taylor Swift episode of the Spin Cycle podcast, and a lot of you liked it. And a lot more people um, visited the YouTube and that kind of thing. And since there's such a big demand for Taylor Swift, and I am so um creepily obsessed with her I figured I might as well just jump on the mic and talk about her once a month why not so like I said Taylor has just finished her weekend in Atlanta so she's gone to Glendale Vegas Arlington uh where else let's see oh Tampa Atlanta and then next is Nashville so Um, She's kind of making her like Southern run, I guess you could say. So something I thought was really interesting during these Atlanta shows is that she played Gorgeous on the piano as one of the surprise songs. And she made sure, (laughs) she made sure to kind of take that song away from Joe Allen. She said to the fans, she said, this is a song about the universal fact that you will act stupid around someone you think is hot, which is funny and cute and very Taylor, but it's also very pointed. I think that, um, (laughs) I think this is very intentional. I kind of like see this as an Easter egg in itself about her, like kind of subtly taking ownership away from joe over some of her like early songs about him she also happened to play it right after high infidelity um which is of course a song that references cheating and then she goes into gorgeous which is like about meeting somebody with a boyfriend so that was really um clever kind of connection that she put into the show it's also her first time performing a song from reputation during her surprise song 
like part of the set. She said that she thinks of Reputation as her most metal album. Um, and so it's the most difficult to arrange into acoustic performances. So uh, that's interesting to note. I think that that is her kind of telling us there is no Easter egg there. <laughs> it's just that it's harder to arrange. But she said, quote, that's sort of weird for me to say because most of the songs on that album I started out writing just acoustic, so I should play one. Um, <laughs> but obviously that's not the like version that was mixed and made it onto the album. So I understand kind of how it would be hard to break that down. She also messed up the lyrics of this song, <laughs> which I don't think is like on purpose or rehearsed or anything like that. But I do think it's funny that she like forgot the lyrics to one of her first songs about Joe. She messed up on the like whiskey on ice, sunset and vine part. And she restarted to get it right. <laughs> she has been saying like, when I saw her at Arlington, she said, my rule is if I mess up, I have to do it again. Um, so she like restarted the song when she messed up. <laughs> so that's cool of her. I've never seen a live performer be like, I'm actually going to start this song over. And as a, um, as an OCD person <laughs> and a former performer, I'm like, that's, that's cool. I would do the same thing. She also performed Marjorie and, um, got like clearly emotional. I guess everybody was like singing in the background. And then, um, of course her grandmother's actual vocals are on that song. She said, I physically felt that it was so beautiful of you to do that. Wow. Oh my God. She was getting ready to introduce champagne problems but she was like still teary-eyed after marjorie so i want to go through all of the secret songs that she's already performed on the eras tour so far i'm going to go in order and shout out to this writer at billboard named ashley ayasimone um who has compiled them all <laughs> um so first in Glendale, we have Mirrorball and Tim McGraw, This Is Me Trying, State of Grace. Um, those four were the Glendale songs. And I'm very jealous of Mirrorball in particular. That's the one I was like hoping to hear. And then she did it first. And I was like, all right, well. <laughs> um, then in Vegas, she did Our Song, which is another one that's like, oh, I wish I could have seen that. Uh, Snow on the Beach cowboy like me and white horse and then at arlington and at at and t stadium she did sad beautiful tragic in hours and then i saw death by a thousand cuts and clean um which is amazing then in tampa she did speak now she did treacherous the great war alongside aaron Dessner, and then you're on your own kid and mad woman and mean tampa got a lot wow um, and then Houston, which I neglected to mention earlier, but I hate that city. So uh, that's a slight on Houston, not on Taylor. Uh, in Houston, she did Wonderland, You're Not Sorry, A Place in This World. Today was a fairy tale, Begin Again, and Cold as You. And then Atlanta got The Other Side of the Door, which is such an underrated song. Coney Island, High Infidelity, Gorgeous, and I Bet You Think About Me, which I'm also really jealous about that one. Oh, and she did How You Get the Girl. Um, really jealous of I Bet You Think About Me. So yeah, that's those are all the songs that she's done so far. And then let's kind of cross check that with the set list. So she starts with Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, goes into Cruel Summer, The Man, You Need to Calm Down, Lover, The Archer. And that's the end of lover then she goes into fearless with fearless um does you belong with me love story um so only three from fearless are on the set list so we've got the opening six are lover then she does three 
from Fearless. Then she goes into, um, I believe, yeah, Evermore um, with Tis the Damn Season, Willow, Marjorie, Champagne Problems, and Tolerate It. Then from there goes into Reputation, which is Ready For It, Delicate, Don't Blame Me, Look What You Made Me Do. So that's a lot. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, five Evermore songs. And then we get one, two, three, four reputation songs then she only does one song from speak now which is enchanted before going into red which she starts um with 22 and goes into we are never ever getting back together i knew you were trouble all too well so there's four songs off of red then she goes in to folklore she does the one which replaced invisible string and that would have been song 24. Um, I do want to point out that song number 13 is Champagne Problems and number five is Lover. And if you're familiar with our girl Taylor Swift, you know that track five on all her albums is always her saddest song. So I do think it's interesting that she put Lover um, at number five on the set list. Also 13, you know, is her like her number <laughs> and she made that one champagne problems. So it's interesting, um, that she chose those two songs to go where they went on the set list. But anyway, back to folklore, we have, like I said, the one and Betty, the last great American dynasty, August, Elizabeth Ferris, my tears, ricochet cardigan. So I think that's the longest part is folklore let's see seven yeah she's got seven folklore songs and then she's been doing a lot of them uh, during her like secret song part so which i mean it does make sense that um these are her albums that like haven't been toured are folklore and evermore so it does make sense that that would like take up um the bulk of the set list um so she goes from folklore into 1989 and she starts it with style then she goes into blake's face Shake It Off, Wildest Dreams, Sad Blood. And then that's where we get our secret songs. And after those, she... Oh, wait. Yeah. I, I always forget that Bad Blood is on 1989 because the music video is so reputation coded. <laughs> so that, for some reason, I was like, oh, that one's out of place. So that's one, two, three, four, five songs off of 1989. Then... Like I said, her secret songs happen and then she moves into Midnight's and she starts with Lavender Haze, goes into Antihero, Midnight Rain, Vigilante Shit, Bejeweled, Mastermind, and she finishes with Karma. Doing 44 songs on a massive tour like this is really insane. Um, but you can tell that like, and I don't want to comment on bodies, of course, but um, I will say that she looks really fit um, and not like... You know, she did in her Miss Americana documentary where she looked really like frail and she was talking about like just feeling absolutely depleted after shows because she wasn't in shape. She was just not eating. Um, she doesn't look like that this time. You can really see the definition in her muscles for like the first time. I think she looks like she's been really like working stamina and cardio wise. Like I think that this is a real undertaking for any performer. 44 songs is crazy to sing and and dance you know be able to crack jokes in the middle of it like she does as well okay so let's kind of talk about the era's tour just as a tour so this is her sixth tour headlining and 
That is because she did not tour her lover in 2019 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It was planned to be called Lover Fest. She was supposed to be in like stadiums, some open air venues. And she was also, I think, going to like headline Glastonbury, which is a UK music festival that like kind of rivals Coachella. Um, So she hasn't toured since 2018 and she's released three albums since then and two re-records since we've seen her on stage which is crazy so really the way that we found out that this tour was happening before taylor announced it herself like a uk publication got wind of it and um basically kind of like indirectly hinted an upcoming concert tour um pre-ordering midnight's the album on this like uk store resulted in like a special pre-sale code access for like tour dates in the uk so (laughs) this i guess this publication kind of like spilled the beans or like the or they just like programmed it wrong or she did that on purpose who knows so then i was watching on october 24th 2022 she went on the tonight show with jimmy fallon and she was like i probably should go on tour like i probably should and then she also a couple days later went on the graham norton show and was like yeah tour a tour will happen soon ish (laughs) um so she was kind of hinting at it for a while so we all were preparing um now that we're kind of (laughs) out of the woods from covid you like then it was november 1st that she announced on good morning america and through her social accounts that the tour would be called the eras tour she called it a journey through the musical eras of her career and like i said the first concert tour in five years so originally the u.s leg consisted of 27 dates across 20 cities starting on march 17th um concluding in august 9th she did add some shows in so i think that 27 number is probably wrong i know that she made a third show in arlington um so yeah um she's touring with paramore heim phoebe bridgers uh biba biba i don't know who that is uh <laughs> girl in red muna gail and gracie abrams and owen uh, so that's cool uh i saw well actually i didn't see it i waited <laughs> i waited for kind of the crowd to die down and went into the venue not until like after gracie abrams was done performing so i apologize to you gracie abrams i love you i just wanted to drink some more the wardrobe on the tour is otherworldly i mean when the pictures first started pouring out after her first night in glendale i was shook she's got some made by like versace some made by oscar de la renta i mean she has um, basically like the entire met gala on her tour so so perhaps my favorite outfit that she wears is her lover bodysuit um it's just like a leotard that's encrusted in diamonds and crystals and beads and it's gorgeous she has a few different versions of it but it's made by versace custom it's adorned in like jewels um and it like reflects off of the lights and then she wears um tall christian louboutin knee-high boots and uses a bedazzled microphone she also recently i guess during okay so during her like second run she added a necklace a flower necklace by versace um, but she has a few different ones so she has um the like like i said the pink and purple one and then she has another one that is blue and gold and um she like switches back and forth between i think those two she might also have like a i feel like she had a navy or like more of a royal blue one as well but maybe i'm making that up she She also has another Versace blazer that she puts over that for the man. She has one that's like 
silver and one that is black pinstriped. Then she, when she goes into Fearless, she wears basically her, like a version of her original Fearless dress. Um, that has like gold fringe on it and the one that she wore for her tour back then in like 2011 and she still got on the Christian Louboutin boots she wears those for like half the show and then she changes into some like booties at some point but the fearless dress is made by Roberto Cavalli and then her second dress that is kind of like fringy um it's a little bit longer she I think she's only wearing that when they're like cleaning the original one because I really have only seen her in this like maybe twice but it's like longer and it's like a gold bodice but then it turns into like silver fringe. Then of course she goes into her Evermore era and she wears a beautiful dress that like looks like a almost like a free people dress but it's made by the brand Etro. Then she changes into another Roberto Cavalli catsuit for the reputation set that's like long on one side um goes down to the wrists and ankles on one side and then is like a tank top leotard on the other side and this is where she finally changes shoes i think <laughs> and then she has that gorgeous speak now dress which it's crazy to me that she like changes into this enchanted dress just for speak now um that makes me kind of think that it might be an easter egg the fact that she's like making such a big like thing out of enchanted and I said this on my other podcast, but I have a feeling that the reason she is not doing as many from Speak Now is because that's going to be the next re-release and that she's like kind of like changed some things and like remixed some things and she's not wanting to like show too much about like what she's done to bring her old album into her like current uh i don't know vibe like discography speak now is gonna be like similar to fearless in that it's gonna be kind of a transformed album red was very similar to its original i think the really the only one that i was like this song sounds different is we are never ever getting back together the rest of them are basically like very similarly um produced just with her like grown up voice. And then she had like a ton of vault songs for that one, of course. So I think the songs from the vault were more of like the surprise behind Red. I think that the surprise behind Speak Now is going to be the way that she's like updated the songs. Um, because that album did come out in 2010. So <laughs> it's like nearly 15 years old. Um, but anyway, the dress that she wears for Enchanted is Valentino. It's a beautiful ball gown and it is like, I don't even know what to call um, what's on it. It's like flex. It's more like flex of like glitter than it is like beads or diamonds. Um, and it, But not like sequins. They're like too big to be sequins. I really can't even describe it. I've never really seen anything like it. Um, but it's it's beautiful. And it's really insane to me that she changes into a ball gown for one song. She has two other ball gowns that she's been switching out as well. The other one is made by Zuhair Murad. It's more pink with like purplish embellishments. And then the third one is the one that's like adorned in like flower petals that she debuted in Tampa. Then we, when we go on a red, she's wearing her 22 outfit that changes um sayings that some people feel like is eventually going to spell out speak now taylor's version because of the um red letters 
that are changing each night. Um, but I think she only has three shirts. It seems like she has about three versions of every outfit. Um, so the first one said a lot going on at the moment. The second one said, who's Taylor Swift anyway? Ew. And we are never getting back together. Like people have noticed that it says so a lot is red in the first one then ew is red in the second one and then never ever is red in the third then for the rest of the red set she's either in uh, a romper or a coat made by ashish is the brand i've never heard of them but i really love what she's wearing so i love it um but when she performs all too well she like puts the coat on then as you've i'm sure seen her beautiful folklore dresses she's got a green one a white one and a purple one and they're all a little bit different but they're all made by the same designer alberta ferretti um people notes that the lilac one that she wears is very similar to the dress she wore during her 2021 grammys performance oh she also has a pink one so she has four that she's alternating between um that makes sense because that fabric's gonna hold sweat more <laughs> um so she probably they probably have to clean that one more often than like the beaded bodices and stuff like that. Then um, for the 1989 set, she wears like a little a cute like two piece set, which is actually very similar to what I wore to the concert. Um, it's Roberto Cavalli um, and she has a few different versions of it. She has an orange one, a green one and a purple one. And she has like matching Louboutin booties for each of them. And then. Her other whimsical little dress that she wears, she's got, let's see, two of them that she does for her acoustic set. She has a maroon one and a green one. And those are made by Jessica Jones. And then my favorite is the like t-shirt dress that she wears and um, the like coat she wears over it for midnight. That is Oscar de la Renta and it is gorgeous. Um, it's like purple and sparkly and beaded and then has this like fur coat that has little tassels on it over it. It's perfect. Um, she starts, it's okay. It's kind of similar to what she wears in the Lavender Haze music video. Um, but it's just like way upscale. And then what she wears for the end of Midnight's, which is that royal blue leotard, which is what I confused, um, first leotard she wears with that's why i was like doesn't she have a royal blue one i was talking about this <laughs> what she wears at the end so it's also by that same designer zuhair murad um and it is like a royal blue or like a midnight blue one might say. and it's like bejeweled and beaded and um also oscar de la renta and to me um this is the best outfit they're all like very cohesive and similar. I like that she has basically like two buckets that she sticks within. She's like, I'm either like ultra feminine um, in these like whimsical flowy dresses or I'm like a beaded pop star. <laughs> I like that she's like, all right, I'm indie girl right now and then I'm pop star right now. And she just like goes in and out of both looks. Um, I think it works well. A lot of like fashion magazines have said that this is her best wardrobe that she's had. So let's talk a little bit about Taylor's stylist. His name is Joseph Castle Falconer. And even though he is a musical theater grad, he has a very lengthy history of styling and designing for a lot of our celebrities. I think that Taylor Swift is probably his biggest 
client and one that he's had for a long time and he did do all of the styling for the heiress tour some other people he works with include the main character of never have i ever whose name is maitreyi ramakrishnan um she has kind of like recently broken onto the scene so joseph has helped her style for like being on the cover of entertainment weekly um being the cover of Vogue India and some other like red carpet appearances he's also worked with Kate Upton styling her for the People magazine beautiful people issue um he's worked with Elizabeth Olsen so Joseph actually started out as an A&R director and producer in the music industry but he was like styling his own artists for photo shoots and videos for a long time so he decided to just like start his own company and be a stylist um so like i said he's like worked with a lot of other famous people but he he considers his primary client to be taylor swift according to his representations page on him it says that he has been working with taylor swift and collaborating with her for over a decade that is actually insane so it makes sense that he would be, um, you know, kind of like leading the charge on this era's tour wardrobe, considering he has created every look for every era. So that designer Zuhair Murad that I mentioned a couple times earlier is actually a designer that Taylor has been working with for a really long time. He is a Lebanese designer that works with a lot of celebrities. I'm scrolling through his Instagram and I see Shay Mitchell, Eva Longoria, Adele, Tiffany Haddish, Lori Harvey, my queen. I need to start a podcast about her too. <laughs> um, Jessica Chastain, Jenny Slate. I mean, so many just like scrolling through. Um, but it makes sense each each garment is um, uniquely spectacular. Um, here's Megan Fox even. Um, but yeah, so this is one of her favorite designers, uh, which makes sense why um, that enchanted dress was created by them in addition to Oscar de la Renta. Um, there's, like I said, several of them. So one is made by Zuhair Murad and the other one is made by uh, Oscar de la Renta. Also, if you scroll through Joseph's Instagram long enough, you can get back to the time where Taylor Swift was speaking out against Scooter Braun and Big Machine Records for selling her masters. And um, Joseph actually posted in support of Taylor with the hashtag we stand with Taylor. So this is definitely somebody who has been um, part of her team for a really, really long time um, and continues to just do a fantastic job of keeping her looking uh, youthful and fun and full of energy. I actually, I love everything that he puts her in. And I've always, um, I've always just assumed, honestly, that she got different stylists for each album because each album has such a different vibe and aesthetic. I figured she was just like seeking out different designers and stylists that would like fit whatever that, particular album was trying to like evoke um so it's really interesting and exciting to hear that it's all been the brain children of one man it's very cool also i think it says a lot about a celebrity when they have team members who have been working with them for a really really long time i think that usually speaks to the celebrity's character um because i am always a little bit wary of celebrities who are like constantly bouncing around from um, manager to manager or 
agent to agent or stylist to stylist or like, you know, um, record company to record company. It doesn't really matter. But anytime a celebrity is really like bouncing around a lot, I'm like, hmm, they must suck. <laughs> so it's good to know that um, the people who work for Taylor like her um, and dress her very, very well. Okay, I have one thing I want to talk about that just might be an Easter egg, but might also be a total red herring. Um, I have noticed that in all of Taylor's Midnight's and Arrow's tour posts, she like capitalizes one word. And while yes, she does kind of like just talk like that, I've noticed that it's been like very specifically consistent since October of 2022, which is of course when Midnight's came out. Most of the words she's capitalizing are either the same word or like close to that word. So I'm going to kind of break down what I've compiled, <laughs> trying to see if like she's leaving us some kind of message here. So the first place it appears is October 2nd, 2022. Um, which she posts a video and the caption is behind the song and CDs with photos that I signed are up on my website now, but she capitalizes now. Well, then she does it again when she posts about um, snow on the beach. She says a little bit about snow on the beach featuring Lana Del Rey. P.S. New edition vinyls with hand signed photos in them are on my site now again um, capitalized, which like I normally wouldn't think anything of it except for the fact that um speak now literally has <laughs> the word now in it um so there's more so um it's different she says anti-hero video is here in all caps which i wrote and directed watch my nightmare scenarios and intrusive thoughts play out in real time blah 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 she tags people um and then the bejeweled video she says bejeweled is out now in all caps directed by this tired tacky winch Got to make this with my best friends. Haim, the band, greatest of greats, Laura Dern, icon of burlesque and glamour, Dita Von Teese. And then she tags Pat, Pat McGrath and uh, Jack Antonoff, of course. Uh, then she does it again, but she, she capitalizes the word specifically, which again, I would normally not think that much of, except for it's like the S-P-E and then all the nows. Um, that's what's, again, kind of making me just go like, are you, you have to be doing this on purpose. Um, so she says, Midnight, what a storied and fabled hour. On this sparkling evening, I'll be releasing my twist on a fairy tale we all know. The one about the girl and her stepsisters and the clock striking 12. This video is wild, whimsical, and created specifically for you, my beloved fans who have paved this shimmering path. Look out for some dazzling cameos. Join us later for a very bejeweled premiere so the specifically that post came before the bejeweled is out now and she capitalized specifically and then now um so again like i'm like is she she's got to be hinting it might not be as calculated as some of her other easter eggs but this does feel like hints to me um she also says um in her post about the directors on directors uh, little collab she did for Variety. She says, had the honor of speaking to Martin McDonough about his brilliant film, The Banshees of Inisherin. Inisherin, I don't know how to say that word. Um, this one you have to go see in theaters. So full of heart and wit and darkness and humor. Check out Showtimes and go support this incredible film. See, that one is the one is one that makes the rest of this like not make sense to me because she says now, now, now three times and then specifically and here then she says half um but that one again is not really like about 
that one's not really about her music or her albums or whatever so maybe she's just doing that but then here are her last few posts um so after arlington she said just had the wildest three nights in arlington texas so proud to be the first artist to play three nights at AT AT&T stadium. I basically just wanted to say I'm counting down the seconds till we hit the stage in Tampa next week. Love you. Mean it seriously. Wow. Um, then in Atlanta, she says, wow, Atlanta, just wow. So again, like the wows, the wows, the nows, (laughs) the here's (laughs) like, I'm like, this has to, this has to mean something. Um, Wow, Atlanta, just wow. The band, dancers, and I can't stop talking about how insanely magical it was playing for you guys the past three nights. You were always bouncing, dancing, screaming every lyric, and you created so many breathtaking moments for us. You know what I mean. Love you. Hey, Nashville, you're next. With a purple heart. It's purple. Um, So yeah. And then going way back, she says, when she's leaving Vegas, she says, Vegas, you were wild. Wild in all caps. The crowd of childhood dreams. What's there to do but play again tonight? Here's a few pics. Um, Glendale, again, we're going way back. Uh, She says, well, in all caps, period. Last night was a rush. Thank you to everyone in that glorious Glendale night two crowd for giving us all you had and more. Counting down the hours till we get to play again. So she, here's some like recurring themes. She keeps talking about counting down, counting down the hours, counting down the minutes, counting down the days. Um, She says that a lot. And then, of course, the capitalization of now Um, and then the purple heart. So one of these things, um, (laughs) alone, I would definitely not think anything of it, but all of them together, it is a little bit cryptic. Um, especially I had some, a few people actually send me the post after Atlanta where she says, um, and you created so many breathtaking moments for us. You know what I like? They were asking what that meant. I don't know if that's because she like messed up the lyrics and had to like start over or if they like because they like helped her <laughs> with the lyrics during gorgeous. Um, so again, there's just like a lot of weirdness weaved throughout um, her captions. And I do feel like she's also, she uses the word wild a lot, but she's already released um, wildest dreams. So I'm like, obviously it has nothing to do with wildest dreams. Um, and maybe she just really likes the word why <laughs> I don't know but I am a writer and then knowing that she's a writer I think that if there's some kind of like repetitive motif typically that's on purpose I just really doubt that she's just like not getting creative coming up with captions I feel like it's intense um, because she is just that kind of girl <laughs> so that is this month's episode of Easter Egg Hunt a spin cycle podcast about taylor swift i messed that up but it worked Um, i hope that you enjoyed this and this show will continue to find its footing in the same way that the spin cycle has i hope to figure out some segments to incorporate feel free to send me anything that you think might be an easter egg follow the spin cycle media on instagram also follow the spin cycle on substack and i made a specific easter egg hunt section on substack that you can sign up to for free and um through that on substack there is a chat feature so if you like 
don't want to message me on Instagram or like don't have an Instagram or are not like into it or whatever, feel free to hop on Substack and chat me anything that you've like seen or heard, anything that you want me to investigate or hear my take on. An Easter egg hunt is not fun by yourself. You have to have (laughs) other people. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Like, comment, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. And I will see you next month on the first Wednesday of June. I love you so much. Thank you for tuning in. And yeah, goodbye.